You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. In this episode of the Merged Marketing Podcast, we pose a question. And that question is, are airline loyalty businesses worth more than the airline itself? My guest on today's episode is Mark Ross-Smith. This is an awesome conversation with Mark where we dive into loyalty programs for airlines. And this is a relevant episode for anybody interested in a loyalty program for their business or any frequent traveler out there because you might get some pretty good tidbits of information on loyalty programs that you can take advantage of if you're a frequent flyer. Mark, Mr. Loyalty Ross Smith is an award-winning global airline loyalty industry leader. He's the CEO and co-founder at Loyalty Data Co., the parent brand of statusmatch.com. He has 20 years of experience leading loyalty programs in telecoms and travel, and most recently at Malaysian Airlines. Without further ado, let's kick to my chat with Mark. Mark, welcome to the show. Good morning from Malaysia. How are you? Good evening from Toronto, Canada. Doing pretty good on this side of the globe. Mark, maybe you could start off by telling us a bit of, of your journey into being a AKA Mr. Loyalty. I'm a bit of a tech entrepreneur. You know, last 20 years, I've started a couple of businesses, sold a couple and others have not done that well and learned, we'll call them expensive lessons. Yeah. And, you know, running these businesses in that time, obviously I was traveling a lot, you know, it's so a lot of events, meeting people, doing, you know, conferences, speaking, that kind of stuff, and really, really started to enjoy the travel side of things. And so when I sold a business in 2013, it was a great deal. It was like a cash sale, walk away, no exit, really, really easy. And, um, you know, at that point I'm unemployed. What, what do I do now? Right. And I thought I'm, I need to work for an airline because I need cheap flights. Right. That was like my, my new life mission is to not pay $10,000 for a flight, but instead, you know, a hundred bucks first class kind of thing. That was, that was the big dream that kind of kickstarted the journey into, to where we are now, where we're now sort of running a company called statusmatch.com where we work with a lot of airlines. Prior to that, I worked for uh, Malaysia Airlines in Malaysia running their loyalty program. And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things where it's, uh, it's, it's something that's been in the back of your mind for a long time and you kind of really want to get into it. It's, it's, it's a passion's probably the wrong word, but you know, it's, it's sort of in your DNA, you know, you need to do it at some point in your life. And there's something that's just driving you to want to go do it. And that's where we are now. That's pretty awesome. I mean, who doesn't want to get into discount airline travel, right? As a perk for the business that they're in. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, for me personally, like I, I'm all about finding the, the cheapest flight as possible. And I will spend a couple extra hours, maybe even a layover in a city to do it. A great example of that is I'm going to Lisbon next month and uh, I got a, a, got a direct flight to Lisbon for about 500 bucks. Okay. Now, if I wanted to get returned from Lisbon to Toronto, we're looking at close to $2,000 now, which is insane. So I bought that one-way ticket to Lisbon and then I got a return ticket going through London, Gatwick uh, for super cheap. Because if you're in Europe, anywhere you want to go in Europe is crazy cheap. And then I got a flight back from Gatwick back to Toronto and the total cost ended up being like 1300 bucks. But I get to spend a night in the Gatwick airport in the capsule hotel and I get to check out a rugby game at the same time, all for cheaper than the cost of a direct flight to begin with. Yeah, so the flights are cheap, but everything else costs an arm and a leg, right? You know, sometimes it's just worth it just 
you know, suck it up and go through Heathrow and, you know, just pay the extra and keep life simple, right? How long did it take you to plan that trip? Plan it, man. I, w- yeah. I, I love the planning aspect of a trip. Like, it's my favorite part. So I, like, had, like, eight different trips on paper, all different sporting events I was going to be checking out. And then it kind of narrowed it down to, to that one there. But uh, why do you ask? I was going to say, like, is it five hours, ten hours? Like, and then how do you value your time, right? Like, is that if a, if a direct flight was, say, 2500 bucks and you know you've saved a thousand you're effectively valuing your time at what 100 now or something you know whatever it is right absolutely but that's why i i I take if i'm going to do it that way and save myself money i'm going to um i'm going to value the time by having an experience there's no way i would just go to london and spend a night for nothing i'm going to make the most of it so i'm literally landing in london at like 3 45 and i'm going to be hopping on a train to GTEC Community Center, which is about a 50-minute train ride to catch a game at 7.30, and I'm coming back the next day. Plus, I sleep in a capsule hotel, which I think is pretty cool. And I get to document it on social media, so all my followers can check it out too. So there you go. Awesome. So tell me something. I have a question for you. I know we're digressing here huge, but I, I don't mind, and I hope you don't mind either, Mark. But why do you like Heathrow so much more than Gatwick? It was just, just easier. To, to, you know, I, when I've gone into London a bunch of times, I'm connecting somewhere else, and there's just more options, more airlines that fly there. You know, if you've got lounge access and things like that at the airport, obviously there's more options there. You know, if you go to layover there call it two or three hours whatever you know you you want a good lounge you know somewhere with something bubbly to drink and you know something nice chairs and food and stuff and it's just just more i just find more options there slightly easier to get in uh, out of sort of central london as well being in a lot of airports throughout the world has there been one airport that stands above the rest in terms of the quality that you speak of Singapore airport is pretty good. I uh, I spent 24 hours in Singapore airport once, not not even in the hotel, like in the terminal, like just sort of chilling on the seats and sleeping overnight. And I thought this would be an experience. Actually, come to think of it, I've done this in quite a few airports, sleeping on benches at 3 a.m. and the cleaners come along and excuse me, so hey, I have to move on now. Maybe a few too many of these. Uh, no, Singapore airport is fantastic for this stuff. You know, you don't, you don't even need lounge access at Singapore. You know, they've got everything there. It's like cool movie cinema, tons of food options. It's a really nice, really, I think it's world first airport, like voted many, many, many years in a row. So big fan of Hanging Singapore Airport. I think. You get access to a movie theater at the airport. That's that's insane. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like, a, yeah, free. Anyone can go, just walk in. I mean, it's just got one sort of movie just playing and, you know, repeats or goes, you know, and it's got to, you got to be in the right terminal for it. And, you know, it's, it's a huge airport. I, I was recently in Vegas and I purposely basically I had a flight at like seven o'clock at night. And I got to that airport at around 10 o'clock in the morning just to access that lounge because I had to work all day. And the Vegas, Las Vegas airport lounge, I thought was great. It was awesome. But I mean, in terms of that sort of customer service that you can expect from lounges, maybe you can offer, I think this is a great segue to our conversation is how can an airline business best leverage those lounges? How are you seeing it being done to increase that loyalty for an airline? Lounge access is something people a bunch of a segment of people will aspire to right they they value it a lot and people will choose certain airlines if they have lounge access with that airline or not like it's it's a driver of business right because you gotta think about it. flying can be a pretty average experience especially in north america lounge access is about making it more bearable you know taking some of the pain out of that experience and so people trying to avoid all the you know long queues and you go in the terminal and it's 25 dollars for a sandwich kind of thing people just trying to avoid that kind of stuff and it's like if the lounge has some drinks something to eat and that can save you 50 bucks in the terminal that you otherwise might spend and you get a quiet space you've got free fast wi-fi you've got a more relaxing environment you've got 
got magazine, you know, whatever, right? There's a bit of a, a lure to it. There's a bit there's a bit of a status symbol part to it as well. You know, it's like you, you kind of fly somewhere and someone's like, where are you going? And you say, oh, but it's like I've got lounge access. I've got access to the business lounge. I've got access to the first class lounge. It's like, ooh, la la. You're going to have a fun trip. And so that drives a lot of decision making for people when they fly. Hence, airline loyalty programs off generally offer lounge access you know as part of the benefits for you know like your gold platinum the higher sort of levels uh, as part of that just to make it a little bit easier a bit more comfortable for the traveler and it kind of then acts as a quasi recognition program you know it's about revenue protection at that when travelers that fly a lot is about keeping their revenue with one airline as opposed to people spreading it across multiple airlines and thinning out their loyalty but you know in terms of airline lounges as some of our actually operate as separate businesses to you know within the airline group and they can they can be quite profitable as you know airlines charge each other for people to go into the lounges so i mean that's a whole that's another podcast, another 30 minute podcast by itself, talking about the business of lounge access and how airlines make money out of that. Hey guys, I have an announcement to make. I recently released my debut book on Amazon titled Drop the Mic Marketing, How to Find Your Social Media Voice. It was such an amazing experience writing this book alongside my co-author, Mike Palmer. Mike is a terrific writer. I am not a writer, but I had a story to tell. And Mike was able to articulate that story in a way that I am super proud of. And I would love it if you went on over to Amazon and picked yourself up a copy today. Jason Hunt, Drop the Mic Marketing, How to Find Your Social Media Voice. Go and check it out. Let's talk about the question at hand here, which are airline loyalty businesses worth more than the airline itself? What are your thoughts on that? So what we we saw in uh, early 2020, right, when, you know, airlines are pretty screwed at that point. They're all scrambling for cash, right? How, like, how do we raise money? How do we stay afloat, pay employees, keep things alive, right? And what what we really saw quite quickly is the big three US airlines um, secured government loans, secured by their loyalty, the valuation of their loyalty program. So the loyalty program, most airlines is, is its own business, it's got its own P and L, it's got its own sort of team running it all. And effectively, the a loyalty program in airline, it, it's a marketing business, right? So you've got the airline, which is very operational. You got this loyalty thing, which is branding slash marketing, right? And if, what they're effectively doing is selling points and miles to banks, right? That's it's, it's a virtual currency they've got. The bank pays them for those miles. They put the miles in your account. You use those miles for a free flight, yeah. And when the bank pays them for these miles, they're paying, you know, call it for fun, two cents a point, you know. And when you redeem your point, you're redeeming it, say, for fun, one cent, right? And so, for example, American Airlines published that they're uh, gross margin on selling these miles or points to, to banks is 72% and about a 50% net margin. And you got to think 50% margin is pretty good. Like they're not getting that selling your $100 ticket to Vegas. You know, they're, not, they're definitely not making anywhere near. They're probably not making any. Actually, American Airlines, the last, um, last week, they came out with their latest reports. They, they lose money operationally. And uh, traditionally, American has actually for a long time lost money flying planes around the world. They make their profits from the loyalty program. So really, the question is, is is is, is a carrier like American, is, is it an airline or is it a marketing company that has an airline division, right? And, you know, you know all these financials, you can go see all these SEC reports of the airlines publishing this stuff. You know, American loyalty, all the big three are out. The loyalty program is worth somewhere between 25 and $30 billion, right? Where the airline itself, the market cap is somewhere between you know 12 and 18 billion so 
the loyalty program's worth more. In fact, the airline's worth negative if you look at it, if you look at it that way. So the it's not that the 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 cash flow necessarily is in loyalty, it's that the value is there. So you can you can use that value to help I mean they need each other, right? The airline needs the loyalty program. They've got that relationship, but the you know, the economics uh, in terms of profits definitely and value definitely favors the loyalty business. So Okay, I mean, in this, as obviously the concept has been proofed in the airline industry. Are there other industries where you're seeing that similar type of pattern where the core business itself may be losing money, but they're earning money from a loyalty program? Fantastic question. Not too sure off the top of my head. Um, you know, I think there's a lot that other businesses could learn from airlines and how they do hotels as well, to be fair. A lot of hotel programs are fairly profitable. You know, there's things that other industries and companies could learn, or, you know, sort of cherry pick from airlines. And that's the, it. you know, airlines have this thing going for them. They've got aspirational rewards, right? So you, you save up your points and miles and, you know, you save them because you want one day you're going to get that business class or first class trip to London. And that's the trip of a lifetime. You're never going to buy it. You're never going to pay for that ticket in cash, but you're going to use your miles, right? That's why you're saving. That's why you get the credit card. That's why you fly. That's why you're saving them up. You gotta get there one day. Most people don't. There's that dream there, you know. There's that light that people sort of seek, and so, you know, if if other businesses can replicate that in a in an emotional way, right? Because when you think about you know business of first class travel, long haul, right? You think there's a romance to it. You know what I mean? It's been ingrained in our brains for the last hundred years that long haul international in business of first class is this amazing thing and you know there's unlimited food and champagne and you're pampered and the spa treatments and there's you know all this amazing stuff right and so it it's it's branded into our heads that that that's how it works and so that's why airlines they leverage that they leverage that emotional connection that people have and the airline industry as a whole has just been blasting into people's heads for the last hundred years that's quite effective yeah so think about how other businesses could do a similar you know apply a similar concept uh, which is all about driving high emotion around a product that people otherwise wouldn't normally buy let's talk about that for a second because i i love going down this direction of talking about the leverage that it has and as you said you know mark it's been the last 100 years they've been trying to push this narrative of loyalty programs However, how are you seeing it most effective, effectively marketed today, like through the use of maybe TikTok or Instagram, social media? How are they, how are, have you seen some success stories where they're really leveraging these platforms to get the word out about these loyalty programs? So, I mean, gosh, you just have to go on TikTok for five minutes and you see all these, you know, influencers like, look, look at me, I'm on the world's longest flight in first class and I had a shower on the plane, right? And then it's this two minute video about how they, got these two credit cards that they use their points and do this and you know and you know shower on a plane well that's pretty cool it actually is cool i highly recommend it you know there's a lot of that um it drives views people want to feel that they may not do it themselves in life but they like to see what other people are doing it's pretty cool right so it's like wow that's a cool airline you know i might when I win the lottery, I'll try it one day. It's it's that kind of thing. Tons on TikTok. It's it's all about that aspiration. You know, uh, inspires people to travel. You know, you see these you know beautiful beaches and you know picturesque places, and 
you know, you think, yeah, I, I want to go there. I'm going to go there. You never do, but I'd like to, right? So just, it just puts it in your mind. And then, you know, there's a bunch of people that, that actually act on that and, and follow through. So I think that kind of marketing is, I mean, it's indirect. It's not the airline pushing that. It's other people, right? Sort of showcase, showing off, I guess, like, you know, stuff that they've done. To, obviously, they're just driving their own views. Right. So actually there's a bit of a selfish motivation there. They're just driving their own channel, their own sort of thing. But there's this sort of halo effect that sort of flows onto the airlines and the hotels where they're kind of getting free advertising. Real quick, guys. Are you an entrepreneur, a small business owner, a marketing director that's wearing way too many hats? You find yourself doing too many different types of jobs within the business and allocating your attention everywhere. There's a good chance if you're doing this, you're a jack of all trades, master of none. This is exactly why Merged Media exists. We're your one-stop digital shop, your outsourced CMO. We take care of all of those digital marketing tasks all under one roof including Google ads, search engine optimization, social media marketing, and website optimization. We're all collaborating together under one roof at Merged Media. And if you think there might be a good fit for us to work with you, I want you to go on over to merged.ca and book your discovery call today. That's M-E-R-G-E-D.ca. Are any of the airline airlines leveraging like influencer marketing, brand ambassadors in cases like that? Will they offer extra incentive to be a loyalty member to their program? Because I see a lot of there's a lot of opportunity there if you get in front of the right travel influencer with that narrative. I, there's a lot sort of done that's not talked about. You know, airlines or some airlines will you know give away a gold card and you know hey try us you know just give it a shot kind of thing few years ago when i worked at malaysia airlines we did we did a similar thing like that we gave one of the influencers a uh, temporary like top tier platinum status and uh, flew them you know business class into malaysia to sort of see what malaysia had to offer we let them you know we took them to the the airline like training center and stuff and so they you know they jumped down the emergency slide and like did the life jackets you know all that cool stuff right like where else are you going to do this right it's kind of cool and uh, you know they create videos and content around that uh around the experience sort of showcasing what the airline had to offer and the value of that loyalty status and the benefits you got from it you know the priority boarding the extra bags the lounge access the just actually just just recently i had a flight where i've got a top tier member on it and i'm in the lounge and uh, someone from the airline comes over and says uh, you know mr ross smith um, would you like to be first or last to board today to board the aircraft and i'm like well i'll be first thanks <laughs> so, you know before the women children you know everyone else here's me very fit and able you know um waltzing past 400 other people because i'm some sort of i don't know <laughs> first off first off eh you know what that 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 feeling you get when you just sort of pass three hundred other people that are waiting to board. Um, there's something there's something really magical about it because you, you, I mean, you can buy it, but not really, not directly. You know what I mean? And so there's a bit of a there's a bit nice little ego boost at that point. You go, this this is nice. This is a, it's it's ten seconds of your life. You know of that feeling, and then it yeah. goes away, and you're like, ah. Oh, this is why I fly blah. This is why I'm loyal to this brand. This is what the airlines have got this really amazing ability to, when they get things right like that, they, they 
blows your mind. So when you book a trip, Mark, like how are you, what's the process for you? You know, I think most people are using the sky scanners and Expedias and and bookings of the world to do all their booking for travel and things like that. And there's, there's, they're, they're not really fixated on, on loyalty. They're fixated on lowest price. Right. I think, is it tough to get them out of that state of mind? Like, is that just an avatar that these airlines do not want to go after for their membership programs? I think if you're, if you're doing a few flights a year kind of thing, you're, you're already in the sort of top 10% of commercial travels globally because most people don't fly. Right. So if you're doing a few round trips, you're, you're up there already. Yeah. It, it makes sense to fly with the same airline as much as you can if you're doing those kind of trips because then you, you're kind of aggregating the points and miles you can earn with one airline or one if they're in an alliance like a star alliance or one world or, you know something like that 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 can make a lot of sense because then you're building your balance with one brand as opposed to having you know a thousand points here a thousand points here there, all over the shop where you you may not value the the per the loyalty benefits you get from even just being a base free member. So, you know, my advice definitely is if you, if you can fly with the same airline over it, because you, you're going to build a bit of a reputation there. You understand more of how it works. You're going to learn about the currency, the points and miles. And then at some point you go, you know, what? I'm going to get the credit card for this, for this airline as well, because then you can start accelerating your points earn. And then before you know it, you look in your account and go, gee, I got, you know, 30,000 miles. What can that get me? And I go, oh, wow, it's a free trip to blah. Uh, and that might be a trip that you would never have thought about taking. And, and at that point, it, it it opens your eyes to a new destination. It's something new. And then, you know, this is really, I feel part of why we're here on this planet is, you know, see things and explore and see, you know, visit new places we haven't been to and, you know, smell and taste and touch all the beautiful things out there. And this is something that travel offers to us especially when we're taking trips to destinations that we otherwise wouldn't think about visiting. And I think that's part of the magic of loyalty programs and the points and miles and it enables us to do these trips that we otherwise wouldn't do. So start collecting your miles. I love it. I love it. Mark, this has been, uh, this has been awesome. I, I love this topic. It's definitely, you know, outside of the scope of a lot of things that we talk about relating to marketing, but it's uh, it's relevant to any frequent tra- traveler out there that's a marketing director or entrepreneur. I think this is an excellent episode for them. So Mark, if our audience has any questions for you, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, I'd be on LinkedIn, pretty active on there. Otherwise, uh, check out statusmatch.com. Awesome. And we end every episode with the same question. That question is this. If you can choose one person, dead or alive, to represent Status Match, who would it be and why? Oh, gosh. What a question. You're putting me on the spot now. This was not prepared. I think, um, you know, uh, George Clooney's um, character from Up in the Air, you know, the movie? Um, no, Ryan Bingham. Ryan Bingham. Up in the Air? I think I know it. It's, it's a movie. It's, a, it's, a, it's very airline Okay. Okay. Um, I have not. I've seen. A, I've seen a trailer for that. I've not seen the movie itself. But but tell me why George Clooney from Up in the Air would be your brand ambassador. He is the epitome of a frequent flyer. You know what I mean. He's got all the got all the cards. He's got the top status with the I think it's American Airlines in the movie. Uh, you know he's he's always only traveling to places where he can get the loyalty benefits. Uh, I think anyone that's sort of seen the movie would see that think about airlines and hotels and go that that's that's it that's totally the guy not john mcclain from die hard i guess eh? (laughs) 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 awesome cool well mark uh, this has been great thank you so much for your time i appreciate you thanks
Real quick, guys, if you are active on Instagram or TikTok, I encourage you to go on over and give my personal profile a follow at jhuntofficial, J-A-Y-H-U-N-T-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Over there on Instagram and TikTok, I'm posting my favorite highlights from the Merged Marketing Podcast, along with some of the highlights from my speaking engagements uh, overseas as well as locally. Ton of value, go on over and check it out at jhuntofficial. I'd like to thank you for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast, and I invite you to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the Merged Marketing Podcast. One of the best ways to do that is to add us to your Instagram at Merged Media, M-E-R-G-E-D-M-E-D-I-A. Go on over there, give Merged Media a follow and subscribe and never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.